Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What's wrong with you people? How do y'all feel this morning? Why do you always make me define what you meant? What? That's how I feel. I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. Until you ask it correctly. Hello and welcome to the Reformatory, the podcast where we engage in life, culture, university presidents, shenanigans, <laughs> all while not taking ourselves or others very seriously <laughs> at all. <laughs> My name is Josh Loftus, and I am one of your hosts. Man, you just coming out with the dude. We're starting strong. We're just. Starting you just strong. like loaded the gun and started shooting. There we, was no pauses. There was nothing. We get, we get into business. I'm, I'm, we, we, we've got work to do, baby. I'm, I'm said other co-host Jack Berry. Just amazed that Josh is just quick drawn already, dude. Right now. Hey, you know what? I don't beat around the bush when it comes to when it comes to shenanigans. I am, I am, I'm all in. And I'm the Falwells are definitely the shenanigan type. Oh, dudes, so. we'll see here. I didn't even drop the name yet. You just <laughs> dropped it. You just dropped it. Oh, yes. Man. Yeah. Dude, what's, what's, okay. So the whole Falwell thing is just, I'm tired of seeing his name in the news. Can you remind the listeners who is this Falwell that we speak of? <laughs> Hashtag pool boy. That's all I'm. That's all. That's all I'm gonna say. Hashtag pool boy. Oh my gosh. That's that's all that needs to be said. For some reason, no- my mind didn't go to pool boy. It went to canteen boy from that <laughs> SNL skit with Alec Baldwin and Adam Sandler. Yeah. Uh, no. Um, yes. Uh, Jerry Falwell, former uh, president. Jerry Falwell Jr. Jr. Excuse me. Former Junior. president of the Liberty University. Uh, my seminary oh, man. alma you, mater, you, yeah, you were, which is you, I have a vested interest you, in this. <laughs> His name is on my diploma. Oh man! His name is on Dude, my diploma. That's yes. rough. Anyway, so he had the whole debacle thing with the hashtag pool boy, right? And thought he was done. Like I thought, okay, that's the last we've seen of of of. I haven't thought of a name for him yet. You know, like. What was Clinton's again? Tricky, it, Tricky Dicky or something like that? Uh, wasn't his? No, that was that was uh, Richard Nixon. That was Richard Dick. Nixon. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Gosh. Clinton probably has other nicknames what that we can't was say Bill on there. Bill Clinton's? No, Bill Clinton's was Slick Willie. Slick Willie. Yeah, <laughs> Slick Willie. That's right. 
<laughs> not exploring um, that anymore. Uh, so, it's hard so, to rhyme so, Jerry with anything yeah. of the slime ball sorts. Well, that's true. It's true. Like Harry that. Jerry. There we go. <laughs> that's it. He's finding himself in some hairy situations. But anyway, dude, he was in the news, man, again. And he he sued Liberty <laughs> for like, I, I, I didn't read the article, but he sued them yeah. for like breach of contract and... Uh, basically calling oh, yeah. him out on his junk. Um, yeah, he went full tilt full reverse tilt. Uh, First Corinthians on yeah. that one. Yeah, he so. did. He did. So that's fun. And uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing how that drama progresses. Oh, my gosh. It's like, dude, if it's not one thing, it's another, right? Like if it's yeah. not voting or elections or political scandals. Do you know now what I'm waiting for? I'm waiting for Mark Driscoll to rear his ugly head again and just try and get on the action. I feel like, dude, it's 2020. It's time, right? Like, he might as well at this point. He's got to stay relevant somehow. He got to stay relevant, man. So, like, he's going to say something about Calvinists or somebody. Well, you, and- you know, he, dude, seriously, yeah. Yeah, he's like, you know, I haven't been uh, the I haven't been the talking point of reformdom for the last, you know, nine months. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> it's due. I should probably do much. something. Yeah. Yeah, but his Twitter's weird, dude. So I mean, I mean, he's back down in Arizona, right? He's doing his thing down there. Yeah. But like some of the the ways he's like promoting the church and some of the sermon series and like oh, some dude. of like the the more clickbaity cringe uh, cringe worthy. Just some of them, just the like name for what he's doing, <laughs> cringe worthy. Yeah, it's so weird, dude. Some some yeah. legit drisky business going on down there. Yeah. In, of course. In the AZ, yeah. But um, dude, how are you? Uh, going through the, the wedding planning season. Dude, you're almost there, man. Uh, you're yeah. so close. It's like, you know, we're getting stuff done and everything like that. Yeah. I'm usually the, the more like, Hey, think I'm a little bit more on the optimistic side of things will work out and we'll get things done. And, oh yeah. But yeah. At the end of the day. It's this, it's stressful. Well, sure. It's stressful. Sure. So. At the end of the day though, you're going to get married. Right. Yeah. At the end of the day, if, as long as that happens. Uh, it's a successful day, right? Yeah. Right. Do you have your your uh, you know your your eighteen to twenty two groomsmen lined up? Oh no, we're not doing that. No, we're okay. not doing that. See, I just figured no. you'd have like this all is your not, friends. This is not the all uh, of them. this is not an NBA roster right now for <laughs> crying out loud. Like this is not happening like that. Like <laughs> plus least. we can't. We can only have thirty people. In the in the sanctuary now, does wedding party count? Yeah. Or so it's not like churches where like well staff doesn't count in the number. Can you count us as staff? So I I can I can take away some people because they're quote unquote vendors. Oh, there we go. But okay, just make uh, everyone a vendor. No, just have a big potluck and no. be like, see, they brought casserole. They're a vendor. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, we're not doing. There's that. ways around. It's called integrity. Loopholes. Loopholes. There's some. There's some things that I'm willing to go. Okay, they're a vendor, and then there's some that I'm just like, no, they're not. So a me bringing a potato salad from no. Safeway it does no. not make me a vendor. Is what no, you're saying? It does not make you a vendor, Josh. Okay, dang it. If anything, I was trying to put you up on the groomsman list, so... Well, dude, yeah. I mean, is that still happening? I mean, yeah. Dude, well, look at that. I mean, that that's the draft option. I the mean, dra- if you want it, you could be like John Elway. It's like, nah, I mean, man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm good, fine. Yeah, I'd rather not, honestly. Like John, I don't Madden like- or, or John Elway or Eli Manning of just like, yeah... <laughs> 
Going to San Diego? No. Nah, <laughs> I don't like that I'm option. I'm not going to do that option. <laughs> yeah, trade me. Seriously. <laughs> no, 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 no. Honestly, I am honored. I, uh, I'm i looking forward to it, man. Um, yeah, we're going to have to have quite the bachelor party for you. It's in the works. It'll yeah. be interesting. It'll be good stuff. It'll be good stuff. But, um, and that's in December, right? Yes. Mid-December? December 17th. Yes. 17th. Really? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay. That's going to be awesome, dude. I'm excited. That's really, really cool. Um, something I'm not quite as excited about is today's topic. Oh yeah. Although I am, it is, it is pretty somber. It's been, it's been a, uh, I was listening back to our last ep and, uh, it got heavy, you know, like it, but, but you know, it's a heavy topic whenever you're talking about church abuse, um, or church hurt, spiritual abuse, things of that sort, like there's really like one way to talk about it and it's by being serious. Right. I mean, there are, we, we joke a ton on this podcast and there's a lot of theological topics and church topics and scenarios that we joke about. And it's totally fine because it's good to, it's good to make light of certain things and not take ourselves too seriously. But when you're dealing with spiritual abuse and like the real pain that people go through in the local church, it's, you have to be serious and you have to deal with it seriously. Um, I think that's one of the reasons that we wanted to do this series is because and I think we touched on it a little bit in in the intro app is not a lot of people talking about it. Yeah. You know, like it's not a heavily talked about topic. Well, I mean, let's be honest here. Like, do you want to talk about that or do you want to talk about the smorgasbord of pick your pick your, uh, you know, your certain. um your certain theological hero oh, getting sure. into hot water saying something. Right. You know, your smorgasbord of scenarios or articles that are being written about versus, yeah, let's not talk about them for a second and let's right. talk about how people are hurting within the local church. Yeah. I think yeah. people are going to be more uh, prone to like drama than they're going to be prone to, hey, let's like start to look at like actually helping hurt people. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think it's one of those things too, where it's, I think a lot of people perhaps within the church feel like they don't have the ability to talk about it. Sure. Right. Um, or they don't really know. Okay. You know, so we've acknowledged this is a problem. The kind of then what, yeah. You know, I think I think there's a lot of misconceptions about spiritual abuse and church hurt and a lot of just lack of awareness and lack of knowledge um that in in some in some cases um kind of requires you to go through it. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> before you really understand how to deal with it, well, right? You have to have those hard discussions. If you don't have those hard discussions, like nobody's going to learn from one another and nobody's going right. to like Okay, so what is this again, and why is this important? Like, I've heard this before, but like, you know, they people in the church, your local church, are going to need refreshers on it. So, yeah, yeah, it's important to talk about um, as church, as people that are in any type of leadership in church. It's important to talk about uh, just a member, being a member yeah. uh, of a church. It's important to realize that look. The church that you're going to is not perfect. Mm-hmm. The men that are in leadership there are not perfect. Mm-hmm some form of church hurt is going to happen. Yeah. It's just, it's not a matter of if, but when it's right. It's more along the lines of, 
are they like, what is their hearts? What is their hearts response going to be when those things happen? Right. And how are you, are you going to be in a very, are both parties going to be in a, in a very reconciling mode? Yeah. Or is there going to be imbalance between one party or the other? Right. Right. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So we've talked about, um, the, person the individual that is uh, giving the abuse Mm -hmm. right we've talked about the abuser and then we talked about the onlooker kind of the third party in that Um, and today for the final ep in this short little series we're going to talk about the person that is the on the receiving end of the abuse Mm -hmm. Um, and wanted to save this one for the last because I think it's like I said, everyone is going to be in this role at one time or another. You don't want to be in the role of the abuser ever, right? That's not yeah. something that you want to be in. But sooner or later, everyone has either been or will be in the role of the abused when it comes to yeah. church hurt, yeah. right? Um, some of those situations are on a smaller scale where it can be reconciled quickly and you can move on. And sometimes it's a very large large scale uh yeah. to the point where you know you're having to deal with an entire church exactly in different various forms of it yeah 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 so we're going to put ourselves into the shoes of the abused for this app and kind of talk about all right you have found yourself in this position to where either you personally or you and some some people or you and the entire church right we're just kind of throw it all into that same handbasket. Uh, I've been on the receiving end of abuse. Um, whether that's a, an arrogant authoritarian leadership style of, uh, you know, one or more of the elders, um, sexual abuse, mm-hmm. <laughs> heaven forbid, um, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, manipulation, Whatever the case may be, you are on the receiving end of that and you realize that the relationship currently is not healthy or biblical Mm -hmm. and something needs to happen, right? Um, So I think it's important to remember, first and foremost, that the abuse that is happening either to you uh, or, you know, to the people that that you love, it it, it is sin, Mm-hmm. And and we need to be comfortable with calling that out. I think I think a lot of people kind of, uh, I think some people might hear that and be like, well, yeah, duh, right? Yeah. But you'd be surprised how often uh, church hurt and spiritual abuse is not called out as sin. Yeah. Uh, and more just kind of, a, oh, well, they had personality differences or, you know, these people just don't really gel well together, right? This is why yeah. one, one reason, I, oh, I'm going to cage on this. The Enneagram... <laughs> Oh no, the Enneagram. Oh, the here, Enneagram. Josh is Josh is just letting the hounds drives go right now. me crazy <laughs> up a wall. Because here's the thing, it, it I have seen it used so many times, and I've been on the receiving end of this was a huge part of one of the situations that I went through. Uh-huh. The Enneagram being used as like this. I realize this is like an Alex Jones level tangent <laughs> at this point. Like I've just jumped the shark completely. 
but I'm going to bring it back. <laughs> I promise I'm going to bring it back. <laughs> uh, the Enneagram is all about the personality differences and, you know, and figuring out what, what you are and all that, blah, 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 blah. But, but that was used as a tool as look, you know, this person's a four and this person's a seven. I don't even know what that means, but they're not compatible. So, yeah. so, so they're never actually going to really work well together. Yeah. And that's completely bogus. Sure. Like we're called to have unity with every Christian. Yeah. And just because you have different personalities doesn't, mean that you can just use that as an excuse to be like, well, look, you know, we're never actually going to get together, so we don't really have to deal with this situation, right? Mm. A lot of that happens in context of church hurt and spiritual abuse. Yeah, I think, too, um, the, like, the whole Enneagram thing and, you know, this person is never going to reconcile with this person, that, I've, I've found that within the years within the last maybe five or six years, some folks have said, well, this per it's either going to be this person. I've tried to reach out. I've tried to do my part. They need to do their part. And that's always tough to hear, especially when there's not reconciliation that's happening within a church. Um, it's almost like, um, where are the elders? <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Why are they not involved in this yeah. scenario? I, I, I don't know. To have unreconciled, to have people who have tension and who have not said their peace amongst themselves and talked this out with with uh, mediators as elders or deacons for that matter. Um, man, I don't know. It, uh, it kind of, it kind of like smacks me of just like man that's not good um well yeah i mean yeah yeah i have to ask like do you actually want reconciliation sure do you, you want know? unity do you want um basically the things that scripture says the church should be right right um uh that we are a family we're a flawed family no doubt about that but we're a family right. um yeah that's the toughest thing and then spiritual abuse there's a level of who uh there's a level of there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be gossiped about and stuff like that right and i think it's always important that as leaders uh if you're within a deacon or elder role that you really have to know when to keep your mouth clamped and not to say anything and then really, you know, talk in turn, so to say. But yeah, it's right. tough sometimes, especially when people are hurt in the church. And it's like, you really have to have the reins over your tongue mm -hmm. in those times. Yeah. So. Which kind of leads into the next, the next area a little bit is, you know, one, yes, you have to identify it as sin. You have to identify the problems through a biblical perspective. We talked about that, I think, in the first step. Um, you have to view the situation through scripture. We have to define our terms biblically and call out sin mm -hmm. uh, as sin and use the Bible as our standard, right? Um, and what you're doing in that process, uh, and as someone who is on the receiving end of the abuse, you still want to maintain this goal of, of reconciliation and working for the good of your church. Mm -hmm. um, even though it's difficult, 
right? And I know the yeah. situations can be extremely difficult, but the health of your church, the unity of your church, the love that 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 uh, we are called to have for one another should be what we fight for when we are on the receiving end of abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean you just sit there and take it and you're quiet, right? Yeah. Right? We we pursue those relationships. We mm-hmm. pursue the reconciliation that needs to happen um, through the confrontation of sin, uh, the process of Matthew 18, right? Given to us there, forgiveness, and then moving on, right? Um, now, obviously, that is in the context of abuse where that is possible. Um, more obvious uh, abuse, such as like sexual abuse, it's going to, the yeah. situations are going to be different. Yeah. Um, obviously, forgiveness needs to happen for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but that reconciliation or restoration is going to look different. Oh yeah. Right. Um, like someone in most, in, in pretty much all cases that I can think of, someone's going to jail. (laughs) All right. And that needs to happen. Yep. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, so, um, obviously each case, but, but again, that's just, that's still, that's still working for the good of your church. Mm -hmm. If there's someone there that is preying upon people and using the gospel to do that, that individual needs to be confronted and removed if yeah. necessary. Right. Yeah. Um, so constantly be working for the good of your church and constantly be seeking to have reconciliation and the unity in the gospel be the end result. Because mm-hmm. I mean, what an awesome testimony, right? If people are going through this type of abuse to like have the end result be like, look, look what the gospel did. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I know that there's been times where uh, I've definitely felt more on the abused side of things. And there were moments where I was going through those times where I'm just like, man, this really, this is absolutely garbage right now. And then there were other times where God was just really showing me how to act towards other people. And, you know, sometimes you have to put yourself out there and uh, act the way in which scripture says to act towards other believers, even though they may have hurt you and see what the Holy Spirit does. And in my case, in those times, that's really been like, wow, like that's a miracle that God has done this to reconcile. Yeah. And to help us uh, reconcile. But um, yet again, it's not always like that. And that's the tough part is then you have to ask yourself like, well, what's next? You know? Right. Right. Yeah. There are instances where you've done all you can. Mm-hmm. The individuals will not repent. Yeah. And uh, reconciliation or uh, in that in that instance is not possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are times when leaving that specific body of believers is the only course of op- course of uh, course of action. Yeah, both for the health of your family, mm-hmm. um, and you know your your spiritual health. Yeah, because if you are in an environment to where sin is not being confronted, and basically the leadership of the church is living a lie. Yeah. Uh, that is going to infect every aspect 
of your spiritual walk with Christ Mm -hmm. because of how important the local church is. Yeah. Right. And how important having that solid relationship with your leaders in the church is. If that's poisoned, if that, if that well is poisoned, uh, you're just going to be drinking, drinking poison that entire time. And it's just going to, at the end result, it's going to just, it's going to be so much worse for you as if, uh, you know, you didn't, you didn't leave. So what, uh, <laughs> and this is a hard topic too, but when, when are some, what are some situations, when are some indicators, uh, that, that arise, what are some indicators that arise where it kind of, the result has to be, you know what, it's probably time for us to leave. Yeah. That's always, um, whew. I mean, that should be last option, right? Yeah, that's your last resort, definitely. I think that, um, A, if if you don't see uh, a willingness towards the leadership to reflect upon, okay, yeah, I, I could have screwed up within this aspect and I could have sinned against them, no doubt about that. I think if your leadership is very humble and willing to be self-reflective, upon, okay, I know I'm not, you know, above anybody within the congregation. I'm the same as everybody else. Yes, I'm called to be an under shepherd in Christ's church, but um, if they're not willing to have that introspection upon their life and upon, okay, these are the sins that I probably committed against them, how am I going to reconcile? If there's no, like, continual stepping towards repentance... I would say that's a definitely a huge indicator. I think another indicator would be just the attitude of leadership. If they're completely like, no, not happening, not talking, not doing anything, that's a huge red flag. I would say anything, if spiritual abuse is happening, especially from the leadership, and the leadership is not taking the time to look at themselves and really think about, okay, I, I definitely could have uh, sinned against them in these different ways. If they're not willing to be self-reflective upon their own flawed um, sinfulness, then I, th- I would say that's the time that you need to start, yeah. start planning, um, start planning which next church body you're going to be a part of, to be quite honest. Right. So, right. well, and you got to pull that trigger slowly. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's not a you can't fast twitch that thing. No, you can't can't. knee jerk reaction. You can't do anything of that because that's not going to help. I think that, um, you know, I've I've sat in certain meetings where we've been like we've we've been very patient with this person. We've done all that we can. It's like it's time to kind of like say, hey, you're not willing to be a part of the church family. You're willing to just stay in your sin and you're quite fine with that. It's a yeah time to let you go. Yeah. So, yeah, well, I mean, and I think it helps to think of it in the context of the, the, the physical family or the, uh, the, the nuclear family, however you want to say it, the care and the time and the long suffering that you would put into your, your immediate family, right? Your brothers, your sisters, your parents, Mm -hmm. um, hopefully, 
uh, and again, I realize every family situation is different, yeah. but, but hopefully the decision to leave that family, to leave your family and to cut off communication, hopefully that would be a last resort decision and one that yeah. you would come to uh, very slowly and only after every resort had been attempted to bring reconciliation right mm-hmm. uh it's the same thing with your church family it's just as important if not i i would actually argue more important uh to have a commitment to a local church body and mm-hmm. to not like jack was saying don't 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 just don't just draw your gun at the first sign of trouble and be like all right deuces i'm out yeah peace <laughs> right don't do that don't please. don't do that too many people do that and they church yeah. hop and they end up not putting down roots anywhere and it majorly affects them spiritually, right? Yeah. So there are times when leaving the church, uh, that that individual gathering is necessary. But do it prayerfully, uh, do it graciously, and uh, don't. In in pretty much all cases that I have been in, and that I have counseled other people in. I tell them, don't throw any grenades on your way out. Yeah. You know, um, and continue to pray Mm -hmm. and hope for the best, right? Because love, love hopes all things. Yeah. And continue to hope that the Lord will bring those individuals to repentance. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think that, yeah, just not throwing a grenade right when you leave the, the scene as dude and it would feel so good to do it sure like it, it would i understand that so much like there's so much that you just want to say would be like well i'm leaving anyway i'm gonna say everything that i have been suppressing yeah, for the last don't, you know don't do three, that four months <laughs> don't do that because then it's but like, i want to yeah, yeah. i well a lot of people want to do stuff it doesn't mean that it's gonna be right oh or come justified. on what, what the heck yeah i can't just I can't just resort to every base nature, like desire that I have. Right before you leave a church, do not go John Rambo on people Seriously. and just take out an M60 machine gun and spiritually just go to town on people. Like, don't do that. I'm your nightmare. Yeah. No, don't. Don't do that. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. So there are times that it requires us to leave that local body but and kind of as a means of starting to wrap up don't don't sacrifice or abandon the church as a whole yeah right um if you're listening to this right now and you have either gone through this church hurt spiritual abuse or you're in it right now in any form that it takes Mm -hmm. as hard as it is and as difficult as as it feels right now, the absolute worst thing that you could do for yourself and your family is to leave the, the leave the church as a whole. Mm-hmm. You might need to leave that, that specific one, yep. but to abandon God's people yeah. in general is the worst thing that you can do. And yeah. I'm, I'm living Testament yeah. to that. Yeah. I so badly wanted to just leave it all. Like I really did. Yeah. I had zero desire to go to church. <laughs> mm, yeah. And the only reason that I continued to go was that, that, and I believe it's the Holy spirit, just kind of that little voice in the head being like, no, like it's in the Bible, you know, you got to do it. Yep. Um, 
and dude, like the same people that brought the hurt, bring the healing. Yeah. And it's the people of God. It is so important. Do not abandon the church. Yeah. It's, um, I think that we're always going to have those times, those times, excuse me, uh, where the greatest, we feel like the greatest out, the, the easy way out is not going to really, um, develop you or mold you into a better believer. Um, and it's tough to say that because I've been through those times where it's like, yeah. man, I just want to chuck deuce and, oh, and seriously. leave. Seriously. Leave. Like I want to go, like I want to find the biggest church that I can and just be, and just disappear. But then you know? here's the thing too. When you do that, you're probably going to go to another church and they're going to have even maybe the same issues sure, or maybe amplified issues yeah. that you don't know that There's are no just sneaking church. around the corner. So exactly. Uh, yeah. It's just very being very deliberate in how you go about things, making sure that you're pursuing reconciliation. And yes, I'm not taking that to light either because pursuing reconciliation is tough. Super tough. It's emotionally draining. Yeah. And I don't take that to light. I think that that's why you have to have kind of like we were talking about the onlooker. You have to have those onlookers to come around you to be your support. Right. Or else you're going to be like, well, what's the use? Like what's going yeah. on? You right. know? So, yeah, I think that absolutely. The, in one respect, the church is going to, Wretch is going to wretch. All right. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, t-shirt idea. <laughs> Wretch is gonna wretch. I'm pretty sure they. I'm pretty sure there's a T-shirt out there right Seriously, now. Seriously, that's but, no, that's good. I one. mean, hey, that's that's gonna be a hundred percent of the church. Yeah, but a hundred percent of the church too is having the Holy Spirit work through them in one way or the other. Seriously, and yep. so you have to keep that in the back of your mind as well too, or else if you only focus on these people sinned against me and they're gonna keep sinning against me, it's like, well, of course. I mean, in one sense, they're going to do that. Right. But are they going to live out in a redeemed way that we know believers are? So yeah, that's another question you have to no, ask. That's exactly right. You know, and, and, and always remember this too. You find yourself in the situation right now where it's painful, it hurts. You, you have an advocate in Christ. Mm-hmm. He is the perfect shepherd. He will never... Uh, he will never hurt you or abuse you. He will mm-hmm. lead you well. Yeah. Uh, and the failure that you see in the leaders, either in the past or currently, are a lie to the perfect shepherd that is our Savior. Mm-hmm. Right? So you you have an advocate in your pain and in your suffering and in the heartache and all of the frustrations and the sleepless nights and the hard conversations and all of that. You have an advocate in Jesus Christ who knows exactly how all of that feels. Yeah. Right? He knows how, he knows what it feels like to be betrayed by those closest to him. Yeah, and I mean Jesus I would say that Jesus knows how it is to be abused. Um, by leaders, obviously, in the crucifixion, but then also how he's calling out people and protecting people who are being abused 
You can see that in the Pharisees. Obviously, the Pharisees are trying to run tricks on people all the time Seriously. in the Gospels. Yeah. And Jesus like, ain't not, no. ain't none of that happening no. up in here. <laughs> well, yeah. So. And, well, no, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and just as Christ is our advocate in our pain, he is also the ruling king over his church. Yeah. Right? Those abuses and those sins committed against God's church will not go uncalled for, mm-hmm. right? Jesus is very jealous of his church and very yeah. jealous of his people. And he defends his church like a good shepherd does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sin always finds us out. It does. And the consequences of those individuals actions are going to find them. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be a very difficult day when it does. And it's yep. not that we, it's not that we, that, that we, uh, you know, revel in that fact, right? Yeah. It's, we should mourn mm-hmm. for the hard times that are about to, that will befall these individuals. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but remember that Christ, Christ will defend you. Yeah. The vengeance is the Lord's and Christ is your advocate in this. Yeah, we just went over that scripture last Sunday. Romans, was it 12, 14 through 21? Yeah. And it's like basically talking about, it's like, do not repay evil for evil. Um, conquer evil with good. Uh, vengeance is mine, says the Lord's. So right. just those basic things. And sometimes that's really tough. I mean, I went through a thing at work recently where I'm just like, man, this sucks. Why yeah. can't I get vengeance? Yeah. Oh, dude. You know, seriously. and and yeah. then you get reined in. The yep. Holy Spirit kind of reins you in with Scripture, and it's like, yeah, slaps you around a little. Yeah. You're like, hey, absolutely. Hey, it's like Batman. Child. It's, it's like I'm I'm the jo- I'm the Joker, <laughs> and like the Holy Spirit's Batman up in here, just whipping me, dude. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just throwing me around the table. You really and just stuff. said that. Yeah. I yeah, did. I said that, Josh. Just, you always start with the head. The victim gets all fuzzy. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Uh, no, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Hey, if you find yourself in this, you want some encouragement. We hope that this series was encouraging to you. Um, reach out. Jack and I are are here uh, yeah. to listen and to provide encouragement. Um, we've both been through some church hurt ourselves and some spiritual abuse. We know kind of what that feels like and what the uh, pitfalls are. And uh, if you need help with anything, uh, we are, we're just a private message away. Yeah. Slide into our DMs. Yes. <laughs> On the sociables. On the sociables. Do, On, do, do you think I'm going to get in trouble for the Enneagram comment? I don't think you I wonder are. How many, I, I think I, a lot of people are over that. To I be don't feel honest. like our listeners are big Enneagram people. I hope they wouldn't be. I'm not. I, the only thing, the last thing that I've done yeah. is the Myers Briggs thing. That's like out of the eighties, isn't it? Like, like that's like yeah. the classic, like, Oh, the Myers Briggs, Myers Briggs. I've never taken the Myers Briggs. Oh, I've never man. taken the Enneagram. I haven't taken the Enneagram. Cause I think it seems way too complicated. Well, and it looks like a pentagram too. <laughs> like the inner, like the inner, the inner Christian fundy, like the inner Christian oh fundamentalist in me is like, oh, dude, it looks like a pentagram. Like, I, I just stare at that. I'm inviting demons. In you. I'm inviting demons into my MacBook Pro. No wonder it's slow. I did oh the enneagram gosh. on my MacBook Pro. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Brought them all in, all the demons. I'm like a tier four wing two or whatever the heck it is. It's so stupid. I don't get it. I usually stick to Myers Briggs, and that's about it. I and stick then, to the Bible, son. I can tell you okay. all about yourself. Okay. I just let you speak. It reveals the heart. <laughs> From the outflow of the heart, the mouth okay, speaks. Okay, super apostle over here. That's right. That's right. I don't need no Myers Briggs. I got the Holy Spirit. Oh, my God. <laughs>
reveals all things done in darkness. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, Jack, please, please end this episode. Okay, so <laughs> we try to balance this out. We can't stay super serious for very long. No, it's just but, not in our nature. But please, if you enjoyed this episode, if you enjoy listening to our our vacillations about the truth of the church, please, please uh, contact us via the sociables, All if the you sociables. will. The the Instagram, mm. uh, the Facebook, and yes. the Tweaker. Uh, at Reformatory Pod, you could drop us a DM on one of those. Josh, please tell them about the Patreon. Guys, we have a sir? Patreon. We need money. We're poor. It's expensive <laughs> to live in the Pacific <laughs> Northwest. Hosting is expensive. Websites are expensive. We don't actually have a website yet. That's no, in the no. works. It's in the works. Website and possibly, possibly, possibly new reformatory logo. Pusible. Yeah. Pusible. The Pusible effect. <laughs> in the works. Uh, hopefully. I have no clue what that means, but okay. We'll yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. And, you know, something we haven't said for a while. Um, give us a like. Give us a review. Yeah. Wherever you get your podcasts, uh, iTunes, Google Music, Amazon, whatever, whatever it is, do us a favor and review, rate and review our podcast because it yeah. really helps to kind of get the word out. And the more reviews and, uh, you know, five-star reviews that we get from solid listeners moves us farther and farther away from the Joel Olstein and Joyce Meyer podcasts. And I prefer yep. not to be under the listeners also listen to. And then you look down and it's Joseph freaking Prince and... <laughs> T.D. Oh, Jakes and That's that Joker, worst. that Southern Baptist Joker down in, uh, you know, Sofa King. Sofa King? Yes. You know, the guy, the the sofa preacher. You know, he's ripped, dude. He's got, he's got pipes, dude. He's got huge arms and he's like always spitting into his microphone and he's like spraying his congregation with a super soaker. What's his name? Oh, Furtick? Fur- yes, Furtick. <laughs> Thank you. I couldn't remember the Joker's name. Furtick. Yes. I don't want to be, we're not Furtick at all. So... <laughs> Thank you all for getting us away from those and listening to this episode of the Reformatory Podcast. We thank you all for listening, and we will catch you on the next ep of the Reformatory. (laughs) 